0: You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast. This is episode number 54, May 10th, 2022.
1: What's up, Zach Coates here with Ovation and you are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast. Business strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? drive through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu. Cooking up for the date. It's a recipe
0: for success. You're in good hands with the
1: tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef.
0: For those of you that are regular listeners to The Tech Chef, thank you for tuning in again and welcome to all new subscribers. This is your number one resource for everything related to hospitality technology and strategy that will help your organization be more profitable while also being efficient. To ensure no episode goes unnoticed, make sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast app or software service. It is a pleasure having everyone with us here today, and we will continue to provide you with high-quality content each and every week. Well, what a fun week we had out in Vegas at Food on Demand. I do have to say the show was very heavy on the supplier side. Regardless, it was a good time had by all and very productive from everybody that I talked to. The next big conference is the NRA show in Chicago in less than two weeks. Now, I am sure I'm going to see most of you there. And as always, it will be an excellent opportunity to network and get back into the action of the largest restaurant show in the country. It has been a very long time since we have been there, so it will be good to be back. Zach Oates is an author. Husband, father, entrepreneur, and hot tub aficionado. Not in that order necessarily. And he grew up in restaurants before getting into startups. He was voted top 100 entrepreneurs, rang the NASDAQ bell, and has been to 50 countries. He went on over 1,000 dates before he got married and wrote a book, Dating Never Works Until It Does. He currently is founder and CEO of Ovation, the number one restaurant feedback platform in America, and host of Give an Ovation, a podcast for restaurants. Zach, you're a young guy, full of energy. What is your background, and how did you get to where you are today?
1: So first of all, thanks for having me on, and uh, definitely full of energy, not sure about young. But we are. Um, I started off in restaurants. I got my first job at Friendly's, and for those of you who don't know what Friendly's is, it's a brand in the Northeast. And it's kind of like Denny's, except not as classy, and it serves ice cream. So that was my first job. And then after my dad retired from his first career, he uh, got into he uh, got into restaurants and retail. Investor in a barbecue joint, and so I had that upbringing. And then when I got into, once I, uh, left, once I left to go to college, I got really into startups. So I built and sold a, sold a couple of startups and really loved that space, and then did uh, consulting, actually, for Fortune 50 companies doing customer experience consulting. Really? And had an awesome time doing that, and just saw a huge disparity between what the big boys were doing in, for guest experience and customer experience, and what restaurants had. And uh, with my passion for those two, we combined them and I uh, created Ovation.
0: We're here live, obviously, at the uh, Food on Demand show here at the Mirage Hotel in Las Vegas. You just came off of a panel. What was that panel about that you just
1: led? It was about ordering fulfillment and uh, delivery and kind of the future of that. And what's going to happen in the future with ordering, delivery, fulfillment? Is this something where it's a fad? Is there going to be an increase or decrease of ghost kitchens? How does data play into it? so we just kind of covered a bunch of topics around that order and fulfillment because at the end of the day, the fact is that restaurants have forever changed. I like to talk about how back in the you know in the Roman times to be a restaurant, all you had to do was have food and then after the French Revolution, you needed to have service. that was the rise of the modern restaurant and since the French Revolution, there has not been a third ingredient to a successful restaurant, and then 2020 happened. So again, it used to just be food. Then it became food and service, and it was that way for a couple hundred years. And now it's food, service, and technology. There, There is no longer a restaurant that is not a digital restaurant. And people that I, I love to follow, like Sean Walchef, he talks about how you have to think digital first. Just like when you when you're building out a... A platform. When you're building out your website, you design mobile first. Why? Because the majority of people are on mobile, and then you figure out how does that mobile website, that mobile experience, translate to a desktop. And we need to do a similar thing today with restaurants. Yes, you're going to have great food. Yes, you're going to have uh, great service. Those things are table stakes. But now it's, you need to start with a digital. How do you make your restaurant digital and then add in the best food and service that you can at the price that you're, that you're offering?
0: Wow. That sounds like a fascinating panel. I'm sorry I missed (laughs) it. I was, I was preparing for this podcast. (laughs) It's (laughs)
1: fine. So uh,
0: speaking of panels, uh, have you attended many of
1: the sessions here? Unfortunately not. I have, it took me in walking a hundred yards. Okay. I I left my (laughs) booth to tell someone I was going to go get lunch and and literally, lunch was 100 yards away. So walking to lunch and back took me two and a half hours. There are so many incredible people here in the hallway. And it was just so much fun to to go and chat with them. And so I have not had a chance to go see that many panels here. Um, but a lot of the speakers, I know I'm going to follow up and try to get them on my podcast. Of course you are. <laughs> so am I. Let's see who yeah. gets them first. <laughs>
0: Uh, what about uh, just walking the floor because obviously you 're right in the middle of the the technology floor and the marketplace Anything out there that that kind of is unique or
1: trending that you 're starting to see the thing i 'm starting to see more of now is the conversation around dynamic pricing. So what is dynamic pricing for the restaurant industry because you can't sell a chicken sandwich at one pri- you know at eleven o'clock for three dollars and at twelve o'clock. For four dollars and at twelve thirty for five dollars that type of dynamic pricing doesn't work in the restaurant industry but I do believe there is a space for dynamic pricing and coming at it from a customer experience perspective if you do it correctly it's going to maximize the output and a lot of it will require maybe all prices bump up and you get dynamic pricing down right maybe it's uh, dynamic pricing for reservations maybe it's dynamic pricing for higher end menu items. And, you know, when people say restaurants can't ever do dynamic pricing, my response is, what about market price? In a way, there are restaurants that are already doing some dynamic pricing, right? I went to, I got a lobster roll. It cost me 30 bucks one day. It cost me 35 the next week, right? And I'm okay with that. And I think that the, for the higher priced menu items, there's more price elasticity as well as online uh, data shows that if you order from a kiosk, you order online, your average ticket is going to be anywhere between 10 to 40% more, right? And people, you know, have shown a higher price elasticity now. They're willing to order on Uber Eats or DoorDash, even though people are bumping up the prices by 20%. Yeah, it's crazy out there sometimes. And so I think that there's not going to be the surge pricing. That's, that is not what dynamic pricing means in the restaurant industry. But I do think that there is an area for dynamic pricing and there's some interesting companies that are just starting to creep up. Um, I know one of them is started by the, one of the founders of Kayak. And he's starting he started a really interesting company doing dynamic pricing. And, um, and I think that as we, as we move forward, dynamic pricing is going to be something that more affects the restaurant industry. It's going to be different than hotels. It'll be different than airlines. But I do think there is a place for dynamic pricing.
0: I do, too. So um, you've obviously talked to the gentleman from Sauce, Uh Colin in the group. So I saw them last Food on Demand, and I think they have a fantastic product. But, you know, as I start to look at the dynamic pricing piece, too, I'm also thinking about my being on an operator side previously as a CIO. I'm thinking about my CFO coming to me going, how the heck are we going to reconcile <laughs> all these variable pricing that we have uh, going across the... You
1: know? Well, especially because, you know, for restaurants, we don't have the the luxury of... We don't get that much dynamic pricing when we're buying from Cisco or U.S. Foods, right? As restaurants, it's kind of like, hey, here's what it is, and, and with certain ingredients, they'll kind of bump up the prices, right? They'll bump it up a little bit, but that's more usually to do with inflation or when promos end or things like that. It has less to do... With them trying to, you know, gouge at different times of day, right?
0: Absolutely. So you've given me your feedback on this show. Let's dig into um, what something that you're really, really good at, and that is obviously uh, guest feedback and how restaurants can leverage that. What are some of the common gaps that you see out there that restaurants are struggling with from a feedback guest feedback perspective? So definitely
1: accuracy. Accuracy has been an issue always the issue with accuracy is that it was always hidden they didn't we didn't know that there was in restaurants we didn't know that there was as big of an accuracy issue as there is why because one for dining guests it was it was so easy to fix the issue excuse me you forgot my fries excuse me i ordered no mustard on this excuse me i wanted onions on the side it's really easy to fix that right you go in and uh, go back to the kitchen you fire something up real quick now, and, and with to go, even though we, there was drive-through before, the amount of effort that it took to show that there was an accuracy issue, the rigmarole of getting that receipt survey, taking that, you know, typing in that website, the 26-digit unique survey code, the four-digit store code, answering 75 questions, all to let somebody know that you wanted mustard, not ketchup on your burger, it's ridiculous. And so people didn't share when there were issues as often. Data shows that 15% of dine-in orders and 30% of to-go orders have order accuracy issues. Hmm. So the, the question is, and, and when you think about this, Skip, it's, it's about what is, what is loyalty? And loyalty is all around trust. And trust is around consistency, right? When, when I come home, my wife knows, you know, what kind of mood I'm going to be in because I'm in a consistent mood. Right. And so she has that trust. And and when I'm not in a good mood, what do I do? The next, you know, I apologize. The next day I get her flowers, right, get her chocolate and I make up for it. (laughs) It's human nature. And yet in restaurants, we take someone that we we totally understand that when we're on a date, when we're in a relationship. But then a guest comes in and we're like, oh, well, they're a guest. No, 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 you're still trying to build a relationship with them. You still need to have that trust. Why is it that I go to you know, my second favorite chicken sandwich place instead of my favorite chicken sandwich place? It's because my favorite chicken sandwich place is accurate uh, four out of five times. Mm, right. And because I don't trust that they're going to be accurate every single time, I'm willing to take a slightly uh, inferior chicken sandwich that's still good, Because I trust that it's going to be the same. It's going to be consistent. And if they mess up, guess what? I trust that they're going to make it right. And that's the whole concept around guest experience and why accuracy is such a big issue is because when you are inaccurate, you lose that trust. Now, unfortunately, we're all working with humans, right? And so as a result, there are going to be mistakes. User mistakes, kitchen mistakes, delivery mistakes. The issue isn't are we going to eliminate the mistakes? The issue is are we going to discover when we make those mistakes and what do we do when we make that discovery? And that's, that's really where, you know, Ovation fits into it. It's like making sure that guests have a really easy way of giving feedback, easier even than taking the receipt survey, easier even than leaving an online review because you want to find out about issues privately and handle it. Now, there's, there's a PhD paper that came out in the 90s called the Service Recovery Paradox, which stated that you take two customers. One has a negative experience and has been, um, has been appropriately recovered. They were given a response that was prompt and personal. That guest is more likely to become loyal than the guest who never had an issue in the first place. So it's not that we are preventing errors 100%. It's that we're acknowledging that mistakes happen and we're setting up the safety nets to give the guest a frictionless way to let you know and giving your team an easy way of recovering that guest.
0: So obviously feedback can come from multiple sources. I mean, if you look online, you've got, oh my goodness, uh, you got your Google reviews, your Yelp reviews. From all of these, I mean, how do you consolidate all that feedback? How does a restaurant
1: operator do that? So if you have one location, it might not be a huge issue, right? But one of our customers, like San Pedro Fish Market, where, you know, they've got, you know, they're doing thousands and thousands, I mean, of orders a day. They've got a three-hour wait on Sundays to order. When you have that kind of volume, and keep in mind, they've got like, um, you know, 10, uh, 10 tills, 15 tills. So, like, we're talking a lot of volume there. So... What do you do in those situations? And I think that when it comes down to it, you need to really look at it in terms of what does the guest care about? It, all, it always goes back to that guest experience because everything we're doing is for the guest experience. From the training to the ambiance to the music to the ingredients, everything we do is to create that guest experience. And so it's so critical that we, that we blend that together and that we look at how does the guest want to give that feedback? And there are some guests where they want to go online and they want to complain there. So the key is going to be, how do you take all of that feedback? And one of the things that, that we love doing and that our, our customers really love about Ovation is that we're able to take all of those online reviews, take all of that feedback from Ovation, analyze it together to show trends and a heat map of your locations and categories. So you can say, hey, we've got an issue in order accuracy in our Sheboygan location, let's go call Carl and see what's going on. And so these are things that, um, and then, you know, set a goal to improve that, and then we could watch that heat map, you know, go up for Sheboygan. These are the things where when you have multiple locations, you don't have the time to read the thousands of reviews that are there. If you have one location, you know, your guests are expecting you, to respond to reviews. They're expecting you to be able to be available. But when you have multiple locations, uh, they just wanna feel heard. And so give them an easy outlet and then make sure that you're doing what you need to, to acknowledge them.
0: By the way, Sheboygan is quite the random reference. I'm, I'm from Wisconsin, so I'm like, hey, hey Sheboygan.
1: You think it's like planes, trains, and automobiles, or like something like yes, that. Where's the yes, the Sheboygan yes. polka band or whatever? That's
0: right. <laughs> Forgot about that. I think there was a uh, polka band last night at uh, that place we went to. By the way, by the way, every time I hang out you and with you and Rev, a I'm guaranteed a pretty interesting dining experience. And it usually happens after
1: we've already had a dining experience. So, oh yeah, usually like third or fourth one. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And, and the other thing you're guaranteed is that you'll get a headache by looking at our shirts too long. Yeah, true. Right. I'm getting a headache right now. But I'll take.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take a picture and post it on the in the show notes so people can see your shirt. But I, I love your shirt, actually. It's Thank you. Cool. So responding back actually in a timely fashion is obviously pretty important. Now what is the guest expectation of getting back to them with? Let's say they just put a review online, a horrible review. They're obviously looking for something. They're looking for at least you to acknowledge the issue, right? They're not necessarily
1: looking for a freebie, are they? The nice thing is, is that guests aren't uh, expecting anything. And the reason they're not expecting anything is because that's how guests have been conditioned, which creates an incredible opportunity. So... For example, with, with Ovation, we, we designed the survey so that the guests you know, punch an emoji out, they type out what went wrong, or if they loved it, they go leave a review. But if, if they type out what went wrong, if, uh, if it wasn't perfect, and they click send to management, and we have a thank you page, and we've designed it so that they feel like the, the um, venting is done. They've shared their experience, and it's very purposely designed to feel like that's the end of this situation. Then what happens is when the, when the manager is able to respond to them and send them a text message with an apology, with a bounce-back offer, the number one thing that we get back from our guests is the word, wow. Hmm. So you talk about wowing your guests. Set the expectation that nothing's going to happen. Set the expectation that you, know, that you are like everyone else. And then blow them away with the fact that you responded to them and you did something about it. For example, we had one of our, one of our guests, um, one of our customers, Sean Walcheff, the Calibarbecue.media, really cool, really cool guy. And one of the things that he talked about was how it was Christmas and uh, it was in December and he was putting out a, a special cocktail for the Padres. And the guy kind of like in, uh, in celebration of the Padres. Well, a DJ was going to talk about it the next day on the radio, so ordered it online and got the cocktail, and guess what? They forgot the liquor. Are you kidding me? And so he used Ovation and like sent a message back, being like, ah, kind of a bummer. I wanted to talk about this in my show tomorrow, but didn't get the liquor for it. Sean got that notification through his Ovation app and was like, what did we do? He texts him right away saying, hey, this is the owner of Cali Barbecue. I'm so sorry you didn't get that. <laughs> What's your address? I'm coming to you right now, and I'll personally deliver it. Are you kidding me? He got in his car, got the liquor, drove it to this DJ's house, and guess who got praised on the radio the next day? Yeah. Sean Walcheff and Cali Barbecue. Amazing. And now you don't necessarily have to get in your car and drive somewhere. right? <laughs> but, you know, there's a, there's a pizza joint in, in uh, Rexburg, Idaho. And they uh, called Righteous Slice, Bill Crawford and, and Cheryl Crawford, they, they own this place, incredible pizza. And they, they got uh, some feedback saying, man, I wish you had napkins upstairs. He grabs and he was in the location. He happened to be in the store. So he grabbed, um, you know, some napkins, went upstairs and he only saw one table of people. So he put that down on the table and said, so sorry, there weren't napkins. He said they almost fell out of their chair. Right. <laughs> so these are the things where we have an opportunity by just responding to create uh, a wow experience. And in terms of timing, of when you wanna respond, the sooner the better, if it's, been beyond, if it's beyond three days, it's, it gets, it's pretty ineffective. Because by that point, they're over it. Yeah. And it's like, look, it's like you know, calling up your ex-girlfriend three months after a breakup and being like, can we talk about this again? And she's <laughs> like, no, we can't, Zach.
0: <laughs> Let's say somebody gives you a really bad review online obviously you talked about some great ways to approach this and i've seen uh quite a multitude of different techniques that I, restaurants have been using to respond to comments i've also seen restaurants being very defensive about you know going back and saying oh by the way this customer did this 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 he, they're not mentioning that which i think is ridiculous because that just makes the restaurant look worse yeah um but let's say you do solve the the customers and the guests problems that they had, and they they seem to be happy with the end result. What's a tactful way to get them to remove their negative comment online? Or is it better for them to see the entire, for another person to see that entire chain of communication and that action that the restaurant took?
1: So first of all, I think it's really important to remember you are never speaking to the readers when you're responding to a review you are always speaking to that specific customer, right? Don't say, don't go in there and defend yourself to the public. Go and talk to the person. Acknowledge the fact that, they, that your experience might not have been the same as their experience, but their experience was real. And that's the whole reason that there are disagreements in the world, because people have a different perception of what happened. If everyone agreed with what happened, there'd be one religion, right? But like, there's, there's a bunch of different institutions and thoughts and you know two people have um, if you look at like overlapping circles it's like there's the circle in the middle of what actually happened slightly to the left there's your experience slightly to the right is their experience I think that acknowledging the fact that neither party is fully understanding and and fully acknowledging what happened that's the right place to start Um, and then when it comes to you know thinking about what to do with that guess? Was that the question? So is the proper thing to get them to remove their negative comments? Oh, that's right. Sorry. I, I, got, okay. on this, I got on this. I this, uh, lost track there. Um, <laughs> but in terms of, like, yeah, responding to getting them to remove that review, what we do is we ask them to leave another review. So you don't have to say, can you take that, that review? What you do, What you should do is, you know... Invite them to leave a review. And if I go and leave a review on Zach Shack Pizzeria, and it's a one-star review, three months later, and, and then they make it right, and they invite me in, and I have a great experience, and I meet Zach, and I'm like, man, this place is great. Then then find automated ways to ask happy people to, to or ask anyone to, to leave you those positive reviews. The next time I get in there, I can't leave another Google review for the same location. hmm the only thing I could do is edit my old review. So instead of saying, "Hey, would you would you mind doing that? Would you mind taking that review down?" just keep just ask them to leave another review. Now, if you have one location, that review, a negative review really really hurts and it becomes very personal. And it should be, because you know that for every negative review you get, that is an average of 30 lost customers. It hurts. Wow. That negative review can cost you upwards of $5,000 of your money. And so you want to make sure to have tools in place to prevent that to make it right. But then, like I said, I, the, the, um, I think the, the classiest way to get someone to change their review is to have a great experience and invite them to leave a review. And when they go back on, the only thing they could do is edit their negative review.
0: So you just Perfect lead into my next question, and that 's the financial impact of reviews so I know there's restaurants out there that um, they base their bonus structure for their rest for their managers in regards to what their ratings are mm-hmm. on on social media. Is there actually a number like for every first of all, is there a magical number for instance, for me, if anything's below four stars guess what i 'm going to someplace else oh yeah, so is there a magical number there, and does that equate Has a a calculation ever been done in regards to how much lost business for every star
1: that it goes down? So uh, there was a study done by the Harvard Business Review that showed that for a one-star change in a business, that equated to 9% revenue. Wow. 9% revenue. Now, there was another study that was done by one of our customers who found that uh, a 0.1-star increase or decrease resulted in a $20,000 revenue difference per year. So those are two, one by the Harvard business, uh, you know, Harvard business Review and the other by a very large customer of ours. You know, they're, they're in 27 states right now. So that's one of the, so online reviews drive revenue. Now another, anecdotally, we had a customer who, they were able to um, get three, three times more five star reviews. They went from a 3.8 to a 4.7 in a matter of five months. And their Google traffic increased 310%. Oh my goodness. Like clicks to direction, clicks to call, business went up. And so there is, online reviews are not just a thing that happens. It is a real driver of the revenue. And if you're looking to sell your locations eventually, or if you're looking to franchise, guess what? That online review is part of the package. That is part of what they're buying. So make it as good as possible. Give yourself some some great multiples there um and give yourself an opportunity to to showcase what what goes so well also if you have less than four stars if someone types in best pizza near me i skip i am in your pizza location restaurant i mean i mean your pizza location parking lot okay i'm sitting right there and i type in best pizza near me if you are at a three nine on google you won't show up. Really? Google automatically filters out anything under four stars if the word best precedes the search. Best pizza near me, best burgers near me. Now, I don't know about you, but the last time I typed in "okest pizza near me <laughs> was not recently, right? And so you have to be above four stars and you do not want to be at five stars. Why not? It looks phony. So if you have a five stars on Google, I, there was a customer that we used to have where they would bonus they would bonus anyone that kept their five star rating, and I was like, no, nah, Andy, you don't want to do that, man. Like now, there's data that shows differing studies that four six, four seven, four eight, that that is the ideal, um, but you for sure want to have triple digit reviews, and you want to be in uh in the high high force. That is the sweet spot to be.
0: Interesting. Well, that's exactly what I'm looking for when I'm when I'm out and about. I'm looking for, you know, a four, a four or five, four, or six. Oh my goodness! I know it's, I'm going to have a great experience. Yeah, and if
1: you get on there and there's twelve hundred reviews and it's at a four six, yeah, you're like, I got to try this
0: place. Absolutely. I do have to say this podcast is rated five stars. So this is not a phone. Those were not <laughs> phony uh, reviews. Now, you're probably going to go on and give me a three stars. Yeah, so <laughs> just, just to help you out, Skip. <laughs> just to help me out. Well, that leads into, so I don't want to see your competition, but you have a podcast as well, which I was the, had the honor of being on. It was an awesome episode. That was great.
1: Uh, it's called uh, Give an Ovation. Yep. And tell us a little bit about that. So I actually started it in February of 2020. And I started it because I was having all of these you know, COVID was just kind of starting. It hadn't yet affected the restaurant industry, but I was like, oh, this is like, this is an interesting thing. Let's uh, Let's start talking about what's going on and what people are doing. And I was having, you know, I talked to thousands of restaurants and I was like, man, I wish I could just record some of these conversations and share it. And one of our values at Ovation is to build value for our customers, each other, and the industry. And as we looked at what does it really mean to build value in the industry, I wanted to do something like uh, like a podcast where I can talk with in- incredible people doing interesting things, like Ashwin over here at uh, Juice, where that's, he's the uh, the kayak guy I was sure. talking about, He's okay. just walking by right now. <laughs> um, but that's that's what it comes down to. Is that we started it to to record these interesting conversations and share it. And now we're, you know, we're 150 episodes in and wow, have really? interviewed some great people like yourself, like Robert Earl, like the CIO of Burger King, Popeyes, and Tim Hortons, head of innovation for Chili's. Um, we even have some, on some pretty interesting guests like uh, Stephen M. R. Covey, who wrote The Speed of Trust and Trust and Inspire, as well as the founding member of the Jamaican bobsled team. So there's a little bit of inspiration sprinkled in there, but it's mainly focused around uh, restaurant thought leaders and doers who are doing incredible things and we want to just celebrate them
0: awesome so all of you out there make sure you go listen to Zach's podcast give an ovation Zach any last thoughts about any restaurants out there that are not concentrating on guest feedback I mean, what should they be changing right now and how about restaurants that aren't collecting feedback at all I mean where, where, where should they start I think start
1: with what does the guest want right? My, my previous startups were really focused around, they were direct to consumer. So it was really, when I started Ovation, it was all around the consumer. What does the guest want? How does the guest want to feel? What does the guest want to be treated? How does the guest view loyalty? Not what are people writing about it? Not how are people pushing their products, but it's like, what does the guest want? And if you start with the guest and you do what's best for the guest, then you can't go wrong. And, and someone may say, oh, well, if you if the dinner's best for the guest, you'll give away free food. It's like, no, well, that's not what's best for the guest because if you give away free food, you're going to go out of business and that's not best for the guest. And so if you think about, start everything with the guest in mind. Have have that chair for Elijah, so to speak, at the Passover dinner. Yes. Have someone in the room where you're always thinking about who's going to be the voice of the guest and the thought of the guest and and realize that, it's not a focus group of one. Oftentimes, we hear people say things like, oh, I don't want to text my guests because I hate receiving text messages. It's like, okay, well, do you know that 98% of text messages are read and 93% of text messages are read within three minutes? So it's like, okay, you, you may be in the 2%, but what about the other 98% of people? Yeah. And what about the people about giving them the option of communicating with you in the way that they want to communicate with you. So I would, that's where I always go back to is um, obviously we're a guest experience platform, but it's not that I'm passionate about guest experience because I have this company. I have this company because I'm passionate about the guest experience. And I think that when you focus on the guest experience, everything else, everything else clicks into place. And so start there and then, and then build because it's, that's, that's why we do everything. And so and if you're not measuring it, the question is, how do you know if you're hitting the mark or not? And you could look at lagging indicators like your online reviews. Mm-hmm. You could look at lagging indicators like revenue. Or you could be proactive and get a measurement, set goals, work to improve it, and have an easy, frictionless system for your guests to communicate with you.
0: Exactly. I know you've been super busy at the show. We all are busy when we come to these shows. So for you to sit down, 30 minutes to talk to the listeners, I really do appreciate that.
1: Hey, Skip, you're awesome, man. Appreciate Appreciate you having me on, brother.
0: Uh, thank you. And uh, until the next time we eat together. Okay. Tonight, probably. Uh, to- As a matter of <laughs> fact, yes. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks, Skip. I can't tell you what fun I had while having Zach on the show. I can't say it enough, this guy is a stand-up guy and will do whatever it takes to help your brand be more successful. His passion and dedication is second to none, and he always has your back when it comes to providing you positive ROI results. If you would like to reach out to me or the show, you can do via everything social at Kinstrada or everything at Skip Kimple. This includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Of course, you can always go to the website at constrata.io or skipkimple.com to hear all of the archived shows going all the way back to episode number one and seeing all of the show notes posted there. This week, luckily, I am not traveling, but next week is a whole different story. I will be headed to the Bahamas for a conference followed by a day at home and then jet setting to Chicago for the NRA show. Exciting times. And as always, I hope you are enjoying the ride. As you've been able to hear, I've been able to align with many industry experts and getting them to come on the show to share with you their success stories and knowledge so that you can apply this to your organization. Well, that's a wrap for today. So until next Tuesday, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends.